Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app.
Welcome to Mondo Jazz, the Radio Free Brooklyn weekly program dedicated to international jazz. We open today with two classic lounge lizards tunes, Incident on South Street and Harlem Nocturne from the Lounge Lizards self-titled 1981 debut album. 37 years have passed, but that record remains as intriguing today as it was when it came out, with the original lineup of John Lurie on saxophone, Ivan Lurie on keyboards, Steve Piccolo on bass, Arto Lindsay on guitar and Anton Fear on drums, the Lounge Lizards packed their first uh, album with many gems, including the two opening tracks that we just heard. Compositions which would have been perfect in the soundtrack of a film noir. And to this uh, film noir atmosphere, we'll dedicate most of today's episode, as well as next uh, week's episode. Uh, today, we will also preview a couple of exciting concerts uh, featuring international jazz projects that are coming to New York in the coming days. And we will also have a ticket giveaway contest uh, for the concert, which will be held uh, on the 7th of February, which is next Wednesday, when we will be uh, live on air at the Jazz Gallery, featuring uh, the Reverso uh, project, which is dedicated to uh, jazz interpretation of the music of French composer Maurice Ravel, uh, led by the German-born but Paris-based uh, pianist uh, Frank Wuste and trombonist uh, Ryan Keberle, uh, featuring Eric Friedlander on cello and Adam Cruz on drums. So stay tuned and uh, you will find out how to participate in this uh, ticket giveaway. So we were talking about uh, film noir, but what is uh, film noir exactly? Let's see if the next set of tunes may provide a further insight, starting with the search from uh, Stanley Wilson's soundtrack uh, for the TV drama M Squad, which in about three minutes is like a jazz noir cheat sheet. It includes uh, all that a composer may do to assist the director of a film noir in building the mood, the suspense, the intrigue, the build-up of tension, the adrenaline rush, the release.
Thank you.
just heard five tracks uh, that provided a few clues in our investigation about what is a film noir and uh, what type of atmosphere its jazz soundtracks evoke. With noir being the French translation of black, first and foremost, uh, the movies uh, that launched this style were shot in black and white and with the stark high contrast lighting inspired by the uh, German expressionist movies of the silent era. This lighting uh, was fundamental to create a dramatic effect and ended up uh, defining the aesthetics of this uh, genre to underscore the brooding, sensual and suspenseful atmosphere of those films. They literally were dark movies. The Hollywood film noir classics, uh, movies like uh, John Huston's uh, The Maltese Falcon or Otto Preminger's uh, Laura, came out in the early 40s but only became available in Europe after 1946 and they were widely admired, especially in France. It was actually French movie critics who coined the term film noir in the mid-50s. The first two tracks of the set uh, that we just heard were both from the soundtrack of the M Squad, the NBC crime drama television series that ran from 1957 to 1960 featuring Lee Marvin. The beautiful soundtrack uh, for the series was by Steve Wilson and featured uh, jazz greats like uh, Benny Carter on saxophone, Pete Candoli on trumpet, Frank Rosolino on trombone and Red Mitchell on bass. The titles of these uh, two tunes we heard, The Search and The Chase, are very telling of certain aspects of the film noir soundtracks which have to accompany the actions of a detective, preferably a rather cynical and savvy detective, a hard-boiled, wisecracking, hard-drinking and tough private eye, a Philip Marlowe kind of detective. Right after those tracks we heard Motorizzazione, which is a composition by one of the most influential Italian soundtrack composers, Piero Umiliani and was performed by Chet Baker with an Italian band to provide the music for the classic Italian film Audace Colpo dei Soliti Ignoti, whose English title is A Fiasco in Milan, a 1959 film by director Nanni Loi featuring Claudia Cardinale and Vittorio Gassman, which was a bit of a parody of the noir genre, and the music reflected that spirit. Chet Baker could have been himself a character for one of these movies, with the contradictory personality that a true film noir demands half-angel with the most sensual trumpet sound around, and half-devil with a tumultuous life uh, that led him uh, to spend quite some time in Italian prisons. After that, to continue along the archetypes of jazz uh, for noir movies, we heard music from a 2008 CD entitled Set the Alarm on Monday by drummer Bobby Previtt for his band New Bump. Actually, this could really be one of the very best noir movie soundtracks ever recorded, regardless of the fact that it did not accompany any actual movie. The composition we heard is entitled uh, She Has Information, 
And uh, with such title, it adds another critical component for any film noir, the complex and sultry female character, whose path gets inevitably interlocked with the detective in a pattern of uh, fatal attraction, at times literally fatal, for one or the other or both. Uh, predictably, the femme fatale is comfortable in the world of chip dives and other sketchy situation, and the film noir female lead character could very well be typically the victim of a crime or a witness, the client of the detective or the detective's wife. And the detective wife is indeed the title of the last track we heard. It was performed by Ben Allison and is featured on his latest album, Layers of the City. The title of this tune is actually quite telling of how the film noir genre, and in particular its soundtracks, are based at what this point are very deep stylistic archetypes. Uh, ben Allison composed this song, and uh, as he was searching for the title, he turned to his young daughter, Ruby, who is a huge book reader, and evidently inspired by detective stories, she immediately came up with the title The Detective Wife, because the music evokes that sultry, suspenseful, black-and-white atmosphere of a detective movie. Let's now continue with our investigation on the essential components of a jazz noir atmosphere, and obviously a sexy saxophone is one of them. So here is Sexy Saxophone, performed by the Metropole Orchestra.
Here were a few more tracks along today's uh, theme of a film noir for Mondo Jazz on Radio Free Brooklyn. We started off the set uh, with a composition entitled Saxy Sax, uh, performed by the Metropole Orchestra. It was uh, written for the 1955 uh, French radio show uh, La Bride sur le Coup by the fabulously named and fantastically talented and imaginative French composer, conductor and arranger André Pop. Uh, who is the author of some of the most fun music ever written for orchestra. Uh, La Bride sur le Coup was not a film noir, but uh, this tune could have easily accompanied the film noir. And then, uh, continuing on that uh, light-hearted tone, a light-heartedness that is often missing from a real film noir, we continued with the music of another musician whose work is imbued with sense of humor, and that is Italian uh, saxophone player Carlo Actis Dato, from the album uh, entitled uh, Ankara Twist, released by the Splash Records label, we heard Pizza Connection, which underscored its detective and crime atmosphere with a barrage of gunshots that uh, closed the uh, composition, suggesting perhaps a mafia variation on the film noir theme. We then returned to soundtracks of real movies uh, with Barney Willen and Antemoine de la Ville, featuring the great Kenny Doram on trumpet and Duke Jordan on piano. This was the main theme uh, from the soundtrack of the 1959 movie of the same title, directed by Edouard Molinaro. After that, it was Wiggling from the soundtrack of the movie The Connection by Shirley Clark. Uh, this was based on the play by Jack Gelber. Um, it's a plot uh, in which uh, the film follows a young filmmaker who attempts to film junkies waiting for their heroin dealer to arrive. When the movie came out in 1961, it was the subject of uh, significant court cases regarding censorship and certainly contributed to the imagery of jazz musicians as junkies. The soundtrack was excellent, however, and gave prominence to jazz musicians as artists, and it featured uh, Jackie McLean and Freddie Red. Now, to continue this uh, section revolving around the Paris jazz scene of the 1950s and early 60s, let's move to the music of a saxophone player Guy Lafitte, with Crumb Elbow Blues. This is not uh, from a film noir soundtrack, but once again, it could have been since the slow, bluesy atmosphere of songs like this are often at the art of uh, these uh, soundtracks.
You're listening to Mondo Jazz on Radio Free Brooklyn. This is a non-profit organization and we are a crew of passionate self-funding volunteers. Of course, there are considerable costs associated with this operation and if you like what you hear, please consider supporting Radio Free Brooklyn with a pledge of your choice or getting one of our t-shirts, hats or other cool merchandise from www.radiofreebrooklyn.com slash donate. And as we have a lot of other activities besides uh, broadcasting. And just before these announcements, uh, we heard uh, three more tunes which evoked an atmosphere that could accompany a film noir. First was uh, French saxophone player Guy Lafitte with uh, Crumb Elbow Blues, uh, the Duke Ellington Johnny Hodges composition. Then the Art Ensemble of Chicago with Charlie M from uh, the album Full Force on ECM Records. Um, introducing another key ingredient for an atmosphere which is worthy of a film noir, namely a nice, warm, beautiful bass line. And in that case, it was the bass of uh, Malachai Favors. And we heard more uh, noir bass from the Two Sisters, Inc., a trio that revolves around the dueling baritone saxophones of the great Dave Zewelson and Claire Daly, and the beautiful, uh, gorgeous Uh, sound of uh, the bass of Dave Hostra. The composition was entitled Late Late and is featured on their CD with a very witty title Scary Berry, a wordplay on baritone. Let's now switch to tunes that evoke a noir atmosphere in their titles but just juxtapose the noir with other colors. So we will have blue noir and then pink noir and then noir et blanche. So let's start with blue noir by the British composer and arranger Colin Towns and his Mask Orchestra.
This is Mondo Jazz on Radio Free Brooklyn, and today we've been focusing on film noir as an atmosphere that inspires jazz. Uh, we just heard three compositions that, however, offset this noir uh, as a dark hue and atmosphere with other colors. We started with uh, Blue and Noir from uh, Colin Towns' Musk Orchestra CD entitled Nowhere and Heaven. Uh, Colin Towns is a famous... Uh, arranger and composer from the United Kingdom and uh, he had his own label uh, which is a really fantastic label called Provocateur uh, which uh, released this CD I believe in 1996. After Blue Noir we moved to Pink Noir. Uh, this was a composition by Dylan Ryan uh, the drummer uh, in a trio with Timothy Young on guitar and David Hoff on bass. Uh, this is a CD that came out on the Cuneiform Records label in 2014. And then we completed this set of three songs uh, of setting noir with other colors with a composition entitled Noir et Blanche, uh, Black and White, uh, by uh, Frank Wuste. This is uh, from a CD by Dave Douglas and Frank Wuste entitled Dada People, uh, which also features Matt Brewer on bass and Clarence Penn on drums. And it's on Dave Douglas' uh, label Green Leaf Music. For now, let's uh, leave the noir theme aside and uh, we'll get back to it for the next episode of Mondo Jazz uh, the coming week on uh, Wednesday. So let's focus now on the music of Frank Wuste, the German pianist based in Paris, which was featured in this uh, last tune. Frank Wuste will be performing on the East Coast uh, next week, including two shows in New York on uh, February 6th at the at Hunter's College and on February 7th at the Jazz Gallery. Together with trombonist uh, Ryan Keberle, uh, Frank Wuste will co-lead Reverso, a project which uh, revisits the suite composed by Maurice Ravel entitled uh, Le Tombeau de Couperin. Um, they will be performing together with Eric uh, Friedlander on cello and Adam Cruz on drums. Ryan Keberle and uh, Frank Wuste have composed a number of original compositions for this project, which, uh, as I mentioned, was inspired by the various movements of uh, Maurice Ravel's suite entitled Le Tombeau de Couperin. And then they also added uh, some additional compositions, as well as two pieces which uh, were completely uh, improvised, uh, with the other members of the quartet, which for the CD uh, were French cello player uh, Vincent Courtois, as well as uh, the drummer Jeff Ballard, who is now also based in France. So we reached out uh, to Frank Bouste in Paris a few days ago, and uh, he told us about how the project started. With Ryan, we started talking about, you know, classical music and that he was uh, studying, actually he's been studying piano for a long time and he was really a fan of uh, Maurice Ravel's music and uh, especially this uh, piano suite, which is Le Tombeau de Coupera. And um, anyway, so, we, you know, we just kind of kept the conversation going when I got back to Paris and, you know, the idea came up, well, when I do a project around this, you know. What I loved about Ravel's music is that, you know, he's one of the composers that has a, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, a melting pot of, of different influences and styles. You know, he was one of the first uh, classical composers to to be influenced by by blues and jazz, or at least admitting it. <laughs> and uh, and also, you know, Hispanic music, but also you know, the, the French classical music like uh, Rameau, etc., the, the idea that it's very open makes it very universal, the, his music. So, yeah, it was, 
it was particularly interesting to us in that way. And also because he was one of the composers that really influenced a lot of jazz musicians like, uh, you know, Miles Davis, Herbie Hancock, uh, Bill Evans, and a lot of uh, jazz musicians uh, were influenced by Ravel. So we, we thought it was interesting to have both aspects, to have a classical composer that's inspired by jazz or the jazz of his time, and um, but who has also, you know, inspired jazz musicians in his turn. I love his uh, harmonic uh, world. You know, he uses harmony almost like a painter. So it's very close to uh, where jazz was going harmonically, you know, with uh, Bill Evans and Herbie Hancock and others. And that that's because of Ravel. He contributed to uh, how jazz sounds today.
We just heard Ancient Theory from uh, Reverso, the CD by Ryan Cabral and Frank Wooster, dedicated to the music of uh, French composer Maurice Ravel. Uh, this tune is inspired by the movement uh, Toccata from Ravel's Suite Le Tombeau de Couperin. As mentioned, the project Reverso will be performing uh, two concerts in New York on the 6th of February at Hunter's College and on the 7th of February at the Jazz Gallery. Maurice Ravel is not only one of the great authors of uh, 20th century classical music, as uh, recalled by Frank Wooster, but one of a handful of classical composers to have demonstrated an interest in jazz, which he heard uh, both in the U.S. as well as in uh, Paris, France, where he lived. During his tour of the U.S. in 1928, for instance, he went to the Savoy Ballroom in Harlem or at uh, Connie's Inn and the nearby Cotton Club, where he heard uh, Duke Ellington and his orchestra. He also visited uh, Lidenkranz Hall to hear Paul Whiteman and his orchestra in a recording session with the uh, jazz trumpeter Big Spiderbeck. In turn, uh, jazz musicians like uh, Miles Davis, Herbie Hancock or Bill Evans have been inspired by Ravel. It's of course a big challenge to transpose uh, music uh, written for a classical orchestra to a jazz quartet, um, even though this is not the usual lineup of a jazz quartet. And this is uh, what Frank Wooster had to say about this process and how the lineup for this CD with two high-profile musicians based in France like uh, Vincent Courtois on cello and Jeff Ballard on drums came together. It was definitely a challenge, <laughs> that's for sure. Well, actually, I, I departed rather from the original piano suite than the orchestra version. In, in terms of, uh, of, of lineup or arranging, I, I wanted to have uh, you know an instrumentation that... Uh, was uh, had a chamber music-like vibe instead of you know it could have we could have just have like a jazz quintet you know with the uh, saxophone trumpet you know whatever but I felt like to be more close to to Ravel's spirit I wanted something that reminded more like the classical music type and we decided to have uh, you know cello and trombone because I felt it was a, a really nice sound texture you know they're kind of in the same register but uh you know it, it has a beautiful tone if you mix them you know if they play unison or you know or you can arrange uh, around those uh those sound textures which i found interesting and i thought it was nice to have uh, no bass uh because it, it would leave the music more open you know to in, in terms of improvising and also in, in defining the roles because uh you know cello trombone they could play the melody but also have like a, a bass role almost. I thought that was that was interesting to try that. And kind of with the piano in the center, yeah. I was looking for a cello player who had a classical background and was also, you know, able to improvise in, in, in a jazz context. Actually, I don't think there are that many. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we recorded this in, in Paris, so naturally I was looking more for cello players over here in France. And I've been working with Vincent uh, before uh, on, 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 in concerts, so he was really a, a natural choice for me because he's one of the known cello players over here who has a classical background but also improvise. I met Jeff before because he lived in Paris at that time. He still lives in France, but you know at that time he lived in actually not very far from my where I live. So, and. Both Ryan and myself, we know, you know, Jeff's drumming and love Jeff's, Jeff's drumming for the many projects that he's been in. And so it was, um, you know, we just decided, well, 
let's try to call Jeff and see if he's in. And yeah, he said yes, so we were happy about that.
You're listening to Mondo Jazz, and today we have focused the first part of the show to jazz inspired by film noir. The second part of the show was dedicated to the Reverso project by Ryan Keberle and Frank Wuste. Uh, from that CD, we just uh, heard uh, Claire Obscure. Um, once again, music inspired by Maurice Ravel and his uh, Suite Le Tombeau de Couperin. Uh, just before that, uh, we heard another excerpt uh, from a Mondo Jazz interview with uh, uh, Frank Wuste. Uh, the full interview will appear in the coming days on allaboutjazz.com. The Reverso concert uh, is going to feature Eric Friedlander on cello and also Adam Cruz on drums. This concert is not the only upcoming uh, rare concert involving a musician based abroad, which is happening in the coming days in New York. In fact, uh, there's another interesting concert that taking place on the 26th uh, of uh, January, which is um, in just a couple of days, uh, by the Sardinian uh, guitar player Paolo Angela. And this is uh, his uh, debut at the prestigious uh, Carnegie Hall uh, this coming Friday. Paolo Angeli has found a personal approach to guitar that allows him uh, to straddle avant-garde and popular music, which he performs on a special uh, Sardinian uh, prepared guitar. This uh, unique instrument is like an orchestra with 18 strings, basically an hybrid between a guitar, a cello, and a drum, featuring hammers, pedals, and some uh, propellers that operate at uh, various speeds. With this uh, singular instrument, Paolo Angeli improvises and composes uh, music which is very difficult to classify, somewhere between free jazz, folk noise, and minimal pop. Uh, in 2003, on request by Pat Metheny, he started the project of a new model of his uh, Sardinian uh, prepared guitar. And there are now two guitars that were born from that project, one of which was indeed adopted by Pat Metheny. We have uh, some unreleased material of Paolo Angeli uh, that should give you an impression, an idea of uh, his otherwise hard to define music, uh, and so that you can understand what is coming up if you're going to see this uh, very unique concert at uh, Carnegie Hall. This is a recording that took place uh, last August during a jazz flirt, which is one of the nicest uh, jazz uh, summer festivals in Italy. It takes place every year somewhere between Formi and Scauri, which are two sea resorts not far from Rome. Paolo Angeli's concert uh, was performed on one of the most beautiful Italian beaches in Scauri and uh, features music from the double CD Talea, which Paolo Angeli will be presenting at Carnegie Hall for his concert. We would like to thank Paolo Angeli and the artistic director of Jazz Flirt, Gerardo Albanese, for sharing this unreleased uh, beautiful recording. Even though you might have the impression now, uh, listening to it, that there is an entire orchestra at play, this is just Paolo Angeli with his uh, special guitar and without overdubs. His performances are not only musically rewarding, but also visually captivating as he uses this uh, rather uh, unique instrument. From that recording, we'll play an improvised piece, which is then going to follow and merge into the composition entitled Yama. I would like to thank you again for listening to Mondo Jazz and remind you to stay tuned for another installment of Rob Preacher's Bushwick Garage. We'll be back next Wednesday at 10 p.m. or you can find us online and on Mixcloud, Podomatic.com and iTunes. Our archive shows are also featured on allaboutjazz.com, uh, the greatest online jazz resource. This is now Paolo Angeli.